Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to Klezmer Podcast 88 for May 9th, 2012. The website is klezmerpodcast.com, and you can write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. My guest on this episode of the podcast is Leov Sofer of the band Mostly Kosher. I visited with Leov in Long Beach, California on March 8th, and uh, here we go with my interview. Hi, this is Keith with Klezmer Podcast, and today I'm visiting with Leov Sofer of the band Mostly Kosher from Long Beach, California. Uh, Leov, welcome to Klezmer Podcast. Hi, how are you? Good to be here. <laughs> uh, here we are in the beautiful downtown Long Beach Starbucks, just off the freeway. <laughs> uh, meeting, squeezing in a few minutes in between uh, everybody's busy schedule. Um, a couple weeks ago, we got to see Mostly Kosher uh, in concert. Um, it was a great show. We'll, we'll probably hear a clip of something uh, a little bit later in the in the broadcast here. But uh, tell me about your idea for Mostly Kosher and um, where you found everybody in your band. Well, I'm finishing up my degree still at Cal State University, Long Beach. And I basically wanted to put together a klezmer group with a bunch of different instruments i i was studying classical clarinet and i found a bunch of my co- a bunch of my colleagues i tend to find a lot of my jewish colleagues to come join and uh we threw down this this great group of really strong musicians all could be studio players and our studio players in their own right and we played a gig for Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Ana. They wanted to put on a musical event. They knew I played clarinet. So I said, I'll, I'll put down some kind of klezmer group and we'll make it happen. And through that klezmer group and through the meeting of my, my partner in crime, Janice Mountner-Markham, uh, who's a, a phenomenal violinist, screenwriter, actor, actress, uh, we basically put together not only a klezmer band, but we even kind of threw together a show in the script of an old-fashioned radio show kind of format 1930s 1940s radio show we had a lot of fun we played the gig and we we loved it so much we said we got to keep this going we got to we got to run with it while we still can and there, there was a great momentum and it's funny too that the name mostly kosher some of my guys most of them are jewish we have two goy but they're <laughs> they're wonderful players they're so into the music and they have so much fun so next to the fact that we've got couple non-Jews and a couple Jews. We call us mostly kosher. And also, you know, when you go up to a Jew, especially someone who doesn't know any Jews, if they don't have any Jewish friends, they'll say, oh, you're Jewish. Do you, are you kosher? And most of us say, well, mostly. <laughs> Great. So you actually had the gig and then had to put together a band for the gig. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's... That's one way of doing it because you've got some time pressure there because you've got a date and you've got to find a band, rehearse it, get the music, and your radio show script that you do through your show all together. Absolutely, it was kind of, it was kind of a, a lucky circumstance. And after I started putting everything together, I did my research just like for any other gig. I, I started looking into the genre, pulled out some Klezmatics CDs and Klezmer Conservatory Band CDs, and really started listening to that talked to a couple of the Yiddish speakers in my Jewish community at, in Pasadena and really found it fascinating and kind of 
inspired me to, to keep going, not only because is it, is it just something that's part of my background and my tradition, but it's, it's a cultural mu music that's appreciated by so many people. And we were just talking about earlier how basically this music is appreciated beyond just the Jewish world. It's appreciated as just exotic world music. Could be played on the Starbucks radio right now. <laughs> and and uh, your Yiddish is uh, pretty good. Um, did you study uh, Yiddish anywhere, or are you just picking up the, the lyrics from the songs? Uh, well, as of like I said, I still go to school. I'm still finishing my undergrad, and I'm doubling in classical clarinet performance and vocal performance. In vocal performance, we take a lot of diction classes. So picking up the diction of a new language, I see as a fun challenge. So I went, studied it by listening, again, talking to a lot of the Yiddish speakers in my community. Annie Cheslow is a wonderful, dear, sweet bubble of mine, my, my, my Jewish grandmother, next to my already wonderful Jewish grandmother. <laughs> I, a surrogate grandmother, I guess you could say. No, no offense, Grandma. No offense, <laughs> Grandma. No offense. <laughs> Love you dearly. And, and she basically helped me, kind of coached me, talked through everything. But another woman who's really helped me through everything was Cantor Faith Steinsnyder. She's based out of the East Coast in New Jersey right now, but she's very, very involved in the Jewish music world, concertizes around with Abraham Mizrahi all the time, I mean, Alberto Mizrahi all the time, and uh, she's the most gorgeous voice you'll ever hear, and she's a Yiddish maven herself. So with the Temple Beth Shalom gig that we had from the very beginning, they wanted to involve her, and I was, my mother... Cantor Judy Sofer was personal friends with her and we wanted to do this gig together and involve each other and really put together a, a fantastic show. We had so much fun and from that day on Faith continued to coach me and any questions I had, coach the, the group together and what is Yiddish music, you know, because Yiddish is hard, it's not easy, but it's a lot of fun, it's a lot of fun. Well, that's great. So, um... You haven't uh, recorded anything. You said you're you're headed for the studio sometime soon to, to record some things. Um, but you've been doing some live stuff that you've got on YouTube. So um, how did you uh, decide on, on the repertoire? Because uh, you've got um, some of the stuff that's... Uh, Pretty, some stuff is pretty well known. Some stuff not, maybe not really so well known. Um, so where, where did you find? You said you went listen to a lot of CDs. Um, any other sources or, or research you did? Well, I give a lot of credit to Klezmer Conservatory Band. Uh, I transcribed some of their pieces and kind of rearranged uh, some ideas that they had initially to put together kind of my own twists on a lot of tunes. So. It was through them that I actually realized, okay, I listened to their CDs and then looked back at some of the Klezmer lead sheets from a lot of different Klezmer fake books and other kind of Klezmer books that I kind of accumulated over the year or two and realized, wow, so here they have just a regular lead sheet and this is what they did with the melody. This is how they created their Klezmer song for their recording. I was so fascinated. I kind of got inspired. So I followed the same kind of route. I orchestrated it. Um, on Sibelius for my full band and kind of just made up the parts how just through a lot of listening I did have one Klezmer book gave me a little bit of Klezmer theory what the trombone line should primarily be doing what the trumpet line should primarily be doing um, 
and kind of worked it in. A lot of the kind of things that the players do in my band too, we've all been taking this journey together. So a lot of them have been learning the customary klezmer lines and klezmer articulations, especially a lot of the fun kind of vocal speaking through the, I, you know, I'm the clarinet guy. Of course, I'm trying to really speak through the clarinet and sing, not so much just play. So yeah, on top of using some lead sheets, a lot of listening, a little bit of coaching from uh, Cantor Faith Steinsnyder, uh, I was able to put together a bunch of charts that were both traditional kind of what I, even even Yiddish tunes that I already knew before I even got involved in this, like Yiddish Mama or Oifen Pripachik, and then kind of got a sense of what's popular, what is extremely well known to all of the Yiddish-speaking populace and klezmer listening populace. And I just kind of compiled a program, again, with the help of Canterfaith Steinsnyder and what I was listening to, and it felt pretty good. Um, besides clarinet, your piano playing is not too shabby either. Uh, I noticed you, you did get some uh, piano time in there. Uh, you obviously enjoy that as well. Yeah. Um, well, I started, when I first started music, really when I was young and a little child, I started piano lessons. I hated them. I hated them with everything in my heart. <laughs> and basically, once I finally convinced my mom to let me quit, I ended up going years playing exactly what I wanted to play now. So I'd annoy my, my siblings and my family by playing the same song three times, four times in a row. Then soon enough, I started playing the same song for an hour or two, and I thought, okay, well, I'll pull out some of the other music books that'll lay around my house. My mother being a canner, we had a plethora of, of music books. So I just kind of picked up teaching myself some piano around the age of nine or ten. And middle school came by, there was a jazz band, and I picked up clarinet in, in, the, in the elementary school band, which was fun, but I wanted to be in the jazz band, and you can't play clarinet in the jazz band, so I picked piano. And after that, uh, I had a lot of encouragement to go on with my piano skills into the high school, which I continued to play in the jazz band on piano, and that developed me as I continuously taught myself more and more and more. By the time I was in high school, I was playing in a couple trios on top, outside of school, on top of the jazz band, and I accompanied for many con congregations for their high holiday services. My reading got better and better. When you teach yourself, all you do is just read new music constantly. And uh, so I accompany choirs, I can accompany soloists now, I can, I've always diddled on my classical music and my technique skills just to make sure I can keep up. So I have a lot of fun with it. And right now my, my newest kind of uh, challenge is jazz piano. I really want to become a legitimate jazz pianist, which I'm on my way, I'm working at it every day, putting my hours. <laughs> In your rhythm section, you've got um, uh, guitar. Uh, most rhythm sections would have the p piano, keyboard, or, or maybe accordion, but um, guitar's a little bit different. Did, did you make that conscious choice, or you just couldn't find an accordionist or a piano player and found a guitar player, or, or how did that work? Well, the guitar player is an old friend of mine, Will Brom, and again, another colleague of mine at school. and. I would consider him as one of the most phenomenal guitar players of his age on the whole West Coast at this moment. And 
I looked at, the, you know, everyone, of course you would have an accordion player. There's just so much of the accordion sound that exists in this music amongst, you know, violin and clarinet um, and trumpet and other instruments. But I knew him really well. I knew he could handle kind of adapting to any style that you ask of him. And yes, I did not really know any accompanist, I mean, accordion players at the time. So I thought, you know, guitar, he, if he's playing on a nylon strings or, you know, if he's, if he's really keeping to the style of almost a Ladino feel, I thought, why can't we mix in that, that kind of instrumentation? It would almost be a Ladino klezmer mashup. That, that's why I kind of got the impression listening to him that he plays yeah. uh, somewhat of that sort of a style. Exactly, exactly. He just keeps it to subdued, pretty yeah. subdued. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, he even admitted to me the other day. He says, "You know, Liam, it's so great that I've been part of this whole project because the other day I got hired for a flamenco gig. <laughs> so I took all my klezmer charts and just played them flamenco style, and I was getting paid." By the hour, tips galore. <laughs> Nobody knew. Nobody had any idea. They just thought, what a great filmmaker tune. <laughs> so that was kind of really interesting, and he, he's really getting a kick out of doing all this. Uh, number one on the Klezmer crossover charts. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So that's kind of interesting. That's a lot of fun. Wow. So, um, so what's next for Mostly Kosher, then? Well, we're going into the studio this summer. Um, Josh Friedman, our trumpet player, has a studio, and we'll go through Josh Friedman Productions and put together our full CD, uh, you know, compiled of different songs that we've worked on. I have a lot of original arrangements of music. Um, I have an original arrangement of Poppy Rosen, kind of a 6-8 folk feel, and then um, we still have... That's just the beginning. There's a lot more to come. Uh... After we've put a lot of legitimate time into putting out a CD, we'll also look into putting out a CD of a show, you know, one of our radio broadcasts, which, by the way, Klezmer Podcast and our uh, Klezmer <laughs> Yiddish Radio, we should team up. That would be pretty fun. But we'll put these CDs out, and from then on, we're just going to start seeing if we can start touring around a little bit to other Jewish communities, working in different temples as fundraisers, and right now... Uh, UCLA and their Jewish Studies Department, we're going to be doing a show with them uh, towards the end of next summer, as well as a show in the San Gabriel, for the San Gabriel Jewish Federation. We're going to just do our straight-ahead 90-minute show with an intermission, our radio broadcast format. Uh, and uh, we're also really excited. We don't know yet, but we might be involved in playing not the Hanukkah concert for the Skirball, but they have a summer kids family concert we might be involved in putting that together and uh you know it's just whatever whatever you throw at us we're gonna we're gonna have fun with and we'll try to play as much as we can great and if people want to find out more about mostly kosher and uh watch your videos uh listen to some of your samples where where can they find it you can type in mostly kosher straight into youtube you'll find a medley and a kind of assortment of live videos that we've done from different gigs. If you type mostlykosher.com right into that search bar, you'll find our website. Uh, it's still in construction, but it has our upcoming gigs, has contact information, and more links to our live performances that we've done. And we just recently got on Facebook. Woo! <laughs> Join in the herd. So <laughs> please, if you feel... Uh, that you'd like to come and support us on Facebook and like our page, you can get 
always an automatic update of whatever's going on with us. We'd love to see you, or we'd love you to come out and hear us. Great. Okay. Um, let's see. Anything else I haven't mentioned yet? Uh, I can't, you know... <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Thank you for coming to our show a couple weeks ago. Again, my partner in crime, Janice Mountner Markham. We, I really wish she could be here with me with this podcast. But uh, the next one, the next one. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, Leof Sofer, the band is mostly kosher. Thanks so much for uh, being on Closer Podcast today. Absolutely. This is fun.
Hi, this is Mitch Smolkin, and you're listening to klezmerpodcast.com. All right, I'm back. That was my interview with Leof Sofer of the band Mostly Kosher. And we got to hear some of their performance from a live show they did in Long Beach, California. We heard Purim Nagoon and Ichobdich Tzufilib. Remember, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions... Or if you have a band that would like to appear or have your music played on the podcast, or if you have a recent or soon-to-be-released CD you would like me to review, please write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. Again, the website is klezmerpodcast.com, and the music you hear on the podcast is used for promotional purposes only. So that's about it for Klezmer Podcast 88. Thanks for listening. Please stay subscribed. And of course, please tell your friends. And until next time, bye for now.